0: Even if we looked at their best actions, that it was all evil because their motivations were all gone. Well, the Bible's telling you what you already know. Motivations matter when it comes to love. Out of the, flow, out of the outflow of that, we learned then that we have been loved. We have been loved by Jesus so that then we can love like Jesus. That love looks different for a Christian than it does. For, uh, for those who are out in the world. Love is a person we meet, not just an act that we do. And that's a really important point to remember, especially for today's talk. And so we asked, how does Jesus love? And we said, Jesus loves two ways. One, he loves for the glory of God and for the joy of others. And we uh, unpacked what that means. If you want to hear more about the last week's sermon, you can look. We have it on Vimeo. We have it on uh, our podcast. We have it on our website. But love is an incredibly important subject. Most of us, if not all of us, would say we want true love. We want to experience love. It, love is, uh, is, is like speaking happiness into our lives. So how do we experience more love in our lives? How do we experience more love in our lives in a bad marriage? How do we experience more love in our lives with a family that feels like it's falling apart? How can we experience more love in our lives when all of our friends are betraying us and we feel alone? How can we experience more love when all the circumstances around us are not going well. Today, that's what we're gonna discuss. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna look, now, this is the first time we've ever done it. We're gonna look at one text for two weeks in two different ways. How cool is that? You guys don't seem so excited. Let me say, let me explain. We're gonna look at one text for two weeks in two separate ways. One is gonna, yes, there's one person who's excited about this, that's awesome, okay. Listen, this is tougher than it looks. I'll take all the encouragement I can get. So so we're going to look at it through a 30,000-foot view. Way up high, we're going to look at the text, and we're going to get some big ideas. And then we're going to drill down deep in literally every word of the text next week. So um, these next two weeks are super exciting. I'm very excited about it. Um, But one of the things that motivated me before I started this uh, sermon series, I go away on a retreat. Um, I try to go about four times a year um, on a personal retreat. It never winds up like that many times, but I try. And I, I, I beg God, God, you know, would you just speak to my heart? Because I don't, right, you don't want a pastor who just is nice, right? You want a pastor who loves Jesus, right? Yeah. And, and I want to love Jesus, and I want to grow in Christ. And so I have my own personal prayer time, and, and then I go away so that I could just get with God and he could speak to my heart. And it's a, it's a time of uh, fasting and praying and reading God's word and being broken over my sin and asking Jesus, just creating space in my life for Jesus to speak into my heart. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but I live at a pace where Jesus can't be heard. Like, I live at a pace where my mind is heard, where... <laughs> the requests of others are heard, but the voice of Christ is usually usually drowned out. And so I I went on this retreat, and uh, the last one that I went on, and I found myself uh, in this room and the Lord just struck me with how little I love. That my love was not real love. Now, when I saw that, and the Lord convicted me of that, that wasn't inspirational. That was devastating. Because I have a view of myself. And if you'd have given me the love test before I went on this retreat, I'd have passed. You know, you, hey, do you serve others? Sure do, check. Hey, do you um, do for others before you do for yourself? Uh huh, it's part of my job. You know, as, like being a pastor, I think that I love well. In fact, I think when I look at myself, I think of myself as a very good person. You see, it's part of my identity. And so when God convicted me of not loving, he showed me that my love, um, a lot of my love is full of guilt, that I'm doing loving acts on the outside because I either feel guilty, maybe I feel shame, maybe it's, Maybe it's um, duty-based, you know, where I ought to do this, or manipulation. Well, I'm going to do this for them, because I know I'm going to need that, uh, something from them down the line, so I'll do for them. It's manipulation. And so when God showed me how little love I have, it wrecked me. I cried and cried and cried and wrote and wrote road. It was devastating. And so I'm like you, on this journey to want to love like Jesus loved. And while I am not there, this journey I think is important for our church to go through because we want to be a community where people come in and they can experience true love. The love that comes from a people who have been loved well the love that comes from a God who loves us to overflowing for the purpose of loving others. So I pray that you pay attention to this message. I pray that you listen up, because I think that we all have a lot to learn about what we're about to read. We're going to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. In, that, in this chapter, you miss it if you... If you just look at this chapter by itself, this chapter is a part of a greater thought in chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. Paul is talking about serving one another in the body of Christ. And as he's talking about serving one another in the body of Christ, right in the middle of that service, he puts in this chapter of love. Now, you've heard this chapter in weddings You've heard this chapter, like, I mean, just, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's one of the most beautiful written pieces in the history of the world. But I'm here to tell you that this chapter, if you get inspiration out of this chapter, you don't understand it. This chapter is not inspirational. This chapter is devastating. This chapter is crushing. Because what it does is it holds up a gospel mirror to the face of your soul And it says, is this you? And I'm telling you, I've looked at the chapter and it's not me. And so if you look at this chapter and you find yourself, oh my goodness, that's so inspirational. Oh my goodness, isn't that wonderful? You've not listened. You've not paid attention. You've not sat with the chapter long enough for it to affect your life. You've only seen it from a distance, but you have no intention to allow the words to transform your heart. So we'll look at this um, particular section. And remember, last week we talked about motivation. This week we're going to talk about different things, but I want you to know that this, yeah, it's crushing. So why don't we stand up, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. The reason that we stand up is because when we read God's Word, we're in awe of who God is. We hold God's Word in high esteem. And so we we look at God's Word with great honor. And so we're all going to read at the same time, okay? On the count of three, all right? One, two, three. Love is patient. Love is kind. Always perseveres. This is God's word. So, Paul, please have a seat. So, Paul is the writer of 1 Corinthians. Paul is a guy that Jesus called out of the muck and the mire. Paul hated Christians. I don't know if you ever had a time in your life where you hated Christians and hated Christ. I certainly have had moments in my life and whole stages in my life where I wanted nothing to do with Christians, nothing to do with Christ. And so um, Paul comes from that background. By the way, if the reason that you're here is because you've been invited by a friend who said they would buy you lunch if you would just come, or, or it was a pretty girl in the office and you thought, hey, this is one way to get connected. She said, hey, what are you doing on Sunday? And you thought it was going to be like a date. And she said, oh, come to church with me. You said, nothing. And she said, come to church with me. And you got swindled. And you was like, oh, no, I can't get out of this one. If that's you, we're super glad that you're here. Because you're going to get to see some of the hypocrisies of uh, Christians. You're going to get to see some of the, um, the lies that Christians tell themselves. And you're going to get to see the reality uh, of what God's word calls us to. And so you get to see us in our dirty mess. And what's wonderful about that is that you can then make a better decision about whether or not you want to be a hypocrite just like us. All right? So let's get into this chapter, okay? So love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth, it always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. What Paul does in this text is he personifies love. To personify something is to make an inanimate concept or inanimate uh, idea uh, or concept or thing and make it... uh, give it personhood. We see this in Proverbs. In Proverbs, you see wisdom personified. There are places in Proverbs where it stops calling wisdom a principle and starts calling wisdom a girl. It says, and she, wisdom, will carry you into truth. Or she, wisdom, if you delight in her, she will never leave you uh, in a bad way. That wisdom is personified. This is a This is a way of trying to convey an idea or a truth. Paul says, love is patient. Love is kind. And he says that it's love that is like this. The reason that Paul does that is because some of you, when you see this, you see a list. You see a list of things to check off on your list of good Christian things to do. And if, you've, if you do that, then you missed, A, last week's message about motivation, and B, you don't know yourself very well. Because the fact is that Paul places these things here because these are the things that we do not do. He knows this about us. He's talking specifically to the Corinthian church, and he's spelling out things in their hearts that he knows they don't do. Paul says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, and he goes on. Notice that he doesn't say, you are patient, and you are kind. Because you're not. You go, oh no, 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 that's not true about me. See, again, we're going to go back to, this is devastating stuff, guys. This is stuff, listen, I'm talking to those of you who have been in Christ for 30 years and those who have been in Christ as long as 30 minutes because you've been in this service and you're not even in Christ. You're just kicking the Christian tires. If I gave this text to the person that loves you the most, the person that knows you the best, whether you like them or not, could be mom, could be your sister, Could be your brother, could be your best friend, could be your spouse. If I gave them this text and I said, do me a favor, everywhere it says love and it, replace it with your spouse's name. Replace it with the person with your name. If I gave them this text and I asked them to replace it with your name, would this ring true? Would they say, yeah, this is exactly what they are. Let's do it with my name because your name might be a little too uncomfortable. I'm imagining my wife reading this and it and if I can't get through this without crying it's because I know this is not true of me. Edwin is patient. Edwin is kind. Edwin doesn't envy. Edwin doesn't boast. Edwin's not proud. Edwin doesn't dishonor others. Edwin is not self-seeking. Edwin is not easily angered. Edwin keeps no records of wrongs. Edwin doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Edwin always protects. Edwin always trusts. Edwin always hopes. Edwin always perseveres. It's not true. It's not true. When you realize what God is calling us to is something beyond you, God is not calling good people to be a little nicer, He's calling dead people to come alive. He's calling us out of our Americanese niceness. And he's calling us into gospel love. But here's the problem. You don't. And I hope you hear me say, I don't either. We don't. That you and I get by on being nice and think that's love when in fact, we're living in guilt or manipulation or shame or duty. This devastates because Paul can't put a people to it. He has to personify love. This devastates because none of us live this way. This devastates because when we look at our own hearts, we see that statement about, I'm, but I'm a good person, is just not. You see, here's how it works for me. We'll look at the first two for a second. We'll dig deeper in these next week. But I just wanted to show you at least two. When it says, love is patient, love is kind. This is my patience. And this is as much patience as I have. Quite frankly, sometimes it feels like This is as much patience as I have. And when I'm dealing with people who are very close to me, they know. (laughs) This is as much patience as I have. And so what happens is, Vicki, would you come up here for a second? What happens is, I'm with someone, and I love them, and I'm connecting with them, but then they do something. They say, they require of me more patience than I was ready to prepare. And they hold out their cup. Oh, I have patience for you, sure. Sure, look at all that patience. And then, let's imagine, she drinks it up, right? Oh, that's wonderful. So she drinks it up, and she goes, oh, (laughs) look, there's more patience that requires. Oh, I think I got some left. Oh dear, hope you don't ask for more. (laughs) And then she drinks that up again. And she goes, Can I have more patience? And I go, sure. (laughs) Right? Thank you, Vicky. Now watch this. Watch this. That's funny in that illustration. It's tragic in a marriage. It's funny when it's up here, it's horrible in your family. Horrible. It's funny when it's up here, it's terrible at your work. Because that is my love. Such is my love with limits and conditions. Such is my love with standards that if you don't meet, you, oh, I'm going to portion it out. If you don't reciprocate, if you don't give, listen to me. I'm explaining to you why some of you got divorced the first time because your love has standards and limits and conditions that is not of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What if, though? What if? The reason Paul says love is, because he wasn't just personifying love, he was speaking of a person. The Bible tells us, now put your thinking caps because this is about to get good. The Bible tells us that God is love and that Jesus is God and that Jesus came from heaven to earth to live the life that you should have lived but you did not and die the death that you deserve to die but do not have to. That Jesus himself is the love that this chapter is speaking about. And that for the Christian, you cannot dispense love until you receive love. That you cannot, listen to me, that for the Christian, love is experienced before love is expressed. that that Paul is not calling us to check off a list of things that we must do. Paul is calling us to come and die at the feet of the Savior who died for us so that we might live in him. You see, when I'm in Christ, I'm not checking off a list. I'm living in love. I've experienced Christ so I can then express Christ in others. Now this is powerful because then when I express love to my wife, to my children, to my workplace, to my family and friends, when I express love to them, what I discover then is that it's not me trying, working, doing better, it's Christ's love flowing, overflowing from me. So that when Vicky comes over, I don't I don't work from my love but i work from christ who's who's plugged christ when i plug into christ i'm plugged into an eternal fountain of love when i'm plugged into christ when i'm walking in christ when i'm listen when my marriage is in christ when my the way i deal with my kids is in christ then Whoever can come up to me and says, hey, do you want more? Sure, are you kidding me? i got more than you can handle. I've got love to spare. I've got love overflowing. And the reason i got love overflowing is because not, it's, it's not my love. It's not my love. It's Christ's love, and it goes on forever. Do you need more? Sure. What about you guys? No. Okay. i got love for everybody. I, right, watch this. Watch. Because, because, listen to me, before love is expressed... Yeah, yeah. God, to glory. Before we can express love, we have to experience love. You go, but I don't love that well. Oh, I think you just said something. I think you just said something that's devastating that should break your heart. If you say, if you're saying, if you're saying, yeah, I get it, I get it, Pastor, I get it. Love is experienced before it's expressed. But I don't express love. Oh, I think you're saying that you don't. You haven't experienced love. Because again, I'm not telling you to try harder. I'm telling you to go to the fount of every blessing. Listen, let's read this text. We read this text with your name attached to it. Let's read this text with Christ's name attached to it. And see if it's not true about you. And try to get through this text without letting the hairs on your arms stand up when you realize that this is Christ's attitude towards you. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not boast. Jesus is not proud. Jesus does not dishonor others. Jesus is not self-seeking. Jesus is not easily angered. Jesus keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Jesus always protects. Jesus always trusts. Jesus always hopes. Jesus always perseveres. This text describes Jesus's love for you. You go, but I'm not worthy of that love. I know it's a fountain that overflows far more than you deserve, far more than you could ever merit, far more. You go, but but I don't, but I've run away. I've, 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 I've taken my cup elsewhere. Jesus is going, I'll follow you anywhere. I'll follow you anywhere. He pursues you. You go, but you don't understand, Pastor, I still struggle. I still struggle. I still struggle. I still struggle. Didn't you hear the text? Jesus always protects. Jesus always trusts. Jesus always hopes. You go, but yeah, but I'm still drinking. I know, Jesus always perseveres. Yeah, but I'm still dealing with that, with that binge eating problem. Jesus always is pursuing. Jesus is always patient. You go, but wait, 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 wait. I still struggle with those same sex attractions. Jesus is always loving. Jesus is always drawing you to himself. You go, but wait, 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 wait. I'm still struggling with this. Addiction that I keep on going back to Jesus is. Jesus is always pursuing, even those of you who are religious and think you're righteous, and the way you cover up your righteousness is by attending this service, and you you say all the right things. If listen to me, listen to me. This is the most astounding statement. Jesus even loves Christians. (laughs) As difficult as that is, as difficult as that is, Jesus, what am I saying? I'm saying, love, oh, he's pursuing you, and he won't be stopped, and he won't be talked out of, and he won't repent of his pursuing you. You go, yeah, but you don't understand what I smoked just before I got here. Yeah, Jesus is going to smoke you, boy, I tell you, he's going to take you in. He's going to count you. You have, listen, listen to me. There's no hope for you. you. You have no chance. Jesus is pursuing you. And if we are going to love others, it's because we've been so radically loved that it's effortless. So let me ask you this. What's your, what is your excuse not to be loved don't you want that love he has it for you you go but i don't love well Well, but, but maybe we need to experience christ then because remember what we said we said love is experienced before it's expressed but my marriage my marriage is on the rocks beloved don't you understand what we're saying you got to experience love before you express love. But I didn't grow up with that kind of mentality. It was all manipulation and pain and hurt and abuse. I know that's why we can't go back to our heritage and the way we were raised. we got to go back to Christ and what he wants to do. Not a limited love. Not a love that depends on the day, sometimes full, not so much full, maybe, maybe not but a love that is attached to the fountain of life that will never, ever run dry. That when, listen, when you've taken, you, when think about this, that when you've received all the love that Jesus, that you feel you could take from Jesus, you just feel like overflowing with love, Jesus has an infinite amount of love for your sister. The one that you can't stand. The one that it's difficult for you to get along with. He has an infinite amount of love for her and he's going to love her through you, overflowing. That your boss, that when you get this unbelievable love, when you've experienced, okay, so I think you get the point. What do I mean by this? Experience Jesus. Here's what I mean. I mean spending time with him. Some of you just need to, let me tell you what you need to do this week. You need to add a with to this sentence and then your name. And you just need to meditate on this text until tears fall down your face. You need to say something like this. I'll do it with my name. You do it with your name. Remember, we're adding Jesus' name in replacement of love and it, and then we're adding with and your name. Let's do that for a second. Jesus is patient with Edwin. Jesus is kind with Edwin. Jesus does not envy Edwin. Jesus does not boast against Edwin. Jesus is not proud with Edwin. Jesus doesn't dishonor Edwin. Do you see where this is going? That when you sit with Christ, and and listen, this can't be done on a two-minute, listen, this can't be done on the walk to your bus stop. I know, I know. Oh, no, I pray. I pray all the time. I pray walking to the bus stop. If I had a nickel for everybody who prays, the bus, the MTA system must be the most blessed system in the entire world because people are praying on it all the time. I go, hey, so tell me about your prayer life. I pray all the time. I pray on the bus to work. I pray on the train to work. I pray while I'm walking to the train. I pray while I'm waiting for the bus. I go, man, that must be the most anointing. We should stop having our services in this room and just have it on Skimmerhorn um, in the train station. Because I'm telling you, it would be just powerful. But what if? You see, you, th- th- this can't be done on a walking-to-work basis. You see, if you want to keep, you keep your religious Christianity that's devoid of Jesus, if you want to keep your religious Christianity that has nothing to do with Christ but everything to do with you being a little bit better than you were yesterday, if you want to keep that damnable Christianity, then go ahead, man. I, won't, I don't recommend it, but man. Why? Why? Why would you settle? Why would you settle for crumbs when you can dine At the master's table. Why? Don't settle for that. Don't settle for that. Let me tell you something. Facebook is not that important. The news that you need to get or or the weather that you need to get for the day is not that important. Wake up in the morning and just go, Jesus, tell me really how you feel about me. Jesus is patient with Edwin. Jesus is kind with Edwin. But Jesus, I don't deserve your kindness. In fact, I wasn't very kind with them. That's because you didn't spend any time with me because you know that love cannot be expressed unless it's first experienced. But Jesus, I blew it. Did you see the way I talked to my wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen. Because of love. I used to come up, I used to have this fear, right? I don't know, right? And I'm just going to I'm going to let you into my craziness. Okay? I'm going to let you into it. And you, you're there listening to me, so don't think you're not crazy either. And so I used to think, I used to get scared about our podcast going out and the videos going out because now they're going like kind of all over the world. It's pretty astounding. Um, I used to get nervous that somebody from my past, I didn't, I, listen, I didn't have a Facebook for years and I say, no nah, because, you know, I don't want to be caught up in the whole social network. Listen, <laughs> that's not real true. <laughs> Let me tell you what's real true. I was like, oh, man, some, it's going to get, and I'm telling you, it's ugly back there. It's ugly back there. Now, I've confessed most of it to y'all, but I'm pretty sure there's one or two that I haven't. <laughs> and, and, and they're going to come in here, and they're going to walk down that aisle, that aisle and they're going to go, you, (laughs) and I want to go, oh no, and so, (laughs) they found me, and so, and you know, I've thought about that, I've thought about that a thousand times, and you know what I've determined, I've determined that that's true about me, whether y'all know it or not, And that my identity doesn't come from what they're saying, even though what I've done in the past is awful. My identity comes from what Christ has done for me on the cross. And so I can walk with great confidence, and I can walk with great, listen, I can walk with great brokenness. And that if my wife thinks I'm a jerk, she's probably closer to being right than I am. But my identity is in Christ, so I don't have to defend myself. I can then go, how does my jerkness affect you? Rather than fighting with her about my identity. You see, it changes everything when we experience love so that we can express love. Now, what we've done is we've gone over this text at a 30,000-foot view. We haven't defined patience. We haven't dis- defined kindness. We haven't <clears throat> defined envy. All of that is going to happen next week. All this week, I want you to know is that this is not a list to help you follow and become a little bit better a person than you are now. This is a list to prove to you that you are dead in your trespasses, desperately needing Christ to resurrect your heart to a heart that's attached to his so that he may love Through you, because love is first experienced before it's expressed. Let's pray. Father, when I look at this, when I look at this text. When I look at my own life, Lord, it's crazy how you love. I don't deserve the love, I have not merited the love, I have done nothing so that I could earn the love. But Lord, you love still. And so God, would you, in a very real way, in a really real way, would you help me to spend time with you? to experience you. Lord, not in a rushed way, but Lord, in a way that is looking to your scripture, in a way that's resting in you. Not in a time of prayer that me it's me doing all the talking, but where I hear your words, words like these speak to my heart and hear how patient you are with me. How kind you are with me. How you'll always protect me even when I feel vulnerable. How you, your love always extends itself to trust even when I've proven myself untrustworthy. How your love will always persevere even when I'm running as fast as I can in the other direction. Lord, would you reduce me to receive that from you. And then, Lord, let it overflow on my family members, in my workplace, with people on the street, loving them for God's glory and their joy, loving them not out of a checklist That I have to click before I think I'm a good person, but out of an overflow of who you are. Lord, would you do that in my heart? Would you do that in all of our hearts? Help us, oh God. Now, there are some of you, stay in prayer. There are some of you in this moment. You go, you know, I don't know. I think my love is more like the pitcher than it is like plugged into infinite love. It's more like the pitcher than it is the hose. And maybe you just need to come to Christ and say, God, I, I see my love. It's not real love. It's my love. It's not gospel love. It's, it's my manipulation or shame or guilt or duty. So those of you, who know Christ, and you just go, oh man, I want to experience more of God's love. I'm going to, this week, create space so that I can experience more of God's love, hear his words in my heart, rest and sit, not in a rushed way, but in a way that would remind me of his love for me. Thinking of him as I go throughout the day, but spending this moment with him, maybe at the beginning of the day, maybe at the end of the day, maybe in the middle of the day, where I can be reminded of God's crazy love for me. If you need that in your life, because your love you see is not gospel love, you're filled with bitterness and all the other things that we shared. In a few seconds, I'm just going to ask you to stand because I want to pray for you. Now, this is not a salvation call. I'm talking to Christians. That you realize, you know, I've given my heart to Christ, but really, my heart doesn't rest in Christ. My heart rests in this anxiety and this worry and what will they think of me and how will I behave and all that other stuff. And you just need time to spend with Jesus I want to give you that time now. In 15 seconds, I'm going to ask you to stand. And just go, God, my love is awful. I want your love. Help me to experience your love. And then express that very love. So, if you want to repent for your unlove, and ask Jesus for his love. Would you stand? I want to pray for you. Yeah. 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 I'm standing too. I'm standing too. God, here we are, the recovery house of worship, Lord. And Lord, we don't need anything other than Jesus right now. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Explode in our hearts your love. Give us a love that is true love, love that dies on the cross, love that resurrects to life, love that goes to hell and then comes back for us. Give us that kind of love. Give us that kind of love. Remind us of the love that you've had for us, Lord explode our hearts with your love for us. Help us to see that the nails in the hands were done for the person wearing our shirt. That the whippings was taken because you loved us personally. Not just love the group, Lord, but you loved us personally. Lord, help us We confess to you that our love is a counterfeit love that's not true love. And so change our love, oh God. Transform our love into a love that is an overflow of what Christ has done. So, Lord, have your way. Revive us. Stir our affections for you. Give us a mind that pursues you. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.